Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 81. Sunspan here with Cinderin. We're here every Hello. week for your pleasure and yours alone. Cinderin, greetings. Hello. How Hello. are you? How have you been since the last time we've spoken to each other? Hello. Great to I'm hear. Good. I'm good, Shannon. You know what? I am getting a lot better at poker. I've actually been spending a lot of time playing poker. Um, okay. Online poker? And Yeah, I play online. I mean, there's not much in person now either anyway, is there? Um, True. I don't know if there is anything going on nearby. Probably not. But yeah, I've, uh, I've been improving. So that's cool. Uh, outside of that, the new WoW Raid came out, which is really fun. Mm. I played that for the first time this Sunday. We're going to play it again today. Uh, I say new. It is the last raid of WoW Classic before basically the original vanilla World of Warcraft finished and Burning Crusade came out. This was the final raid that existed in the game. So before one of three shit. things will happen. One of three things will happen. Either they will make Burning Crusade for Classic, they will make new content for Classic, or they will cancel the project altogether. One of those three things will happen after this. And, and they haven't announced it. They have not, and we expect them to announce it at BlizzCon Line, which is in February. I think it's going to just be Burning Crusade. I hope it's going to be new content, but realistically, it's probably just Burning Crusade. So. Okay, interesting. So that's cool. Well, uh, I wouldn't put it past them to have a big announcement, BlizzCon, saying that they're canceling it entirely. Uh, that, no, that's that, also, would, that would be very Blizzard it, of them. It would, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're releasing okay. WoW Classic Mobile for 2021. <laughs> Don't you guys have phones? Uh, okay, before we get started with the actual episode, and again, if you want to talk more about this, Sundaran, we can always you can you have access mm-hmm. to the sheet, so you can put it wherever I know, you want. I know, I okay. know. No, I just wanted to throw it in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I can mention a final thing, which is that Dota hasn't been treating me too well lately. Haven't been enjoying it as much as usual, but mm. we can get to that if you want. Yeah, let's. That's let's have my a real life right now. Episode. That's it. Great. I'm so happy to I hear do. that you're wearing, actually wearing a new sweater as well. It looks great. I love these kind of sweaters. Yeah. Also, when we play. Oh, wow, they've really treated you well. Okay, so first things first, <laughs> thank you to all our patrons on, well, all our patrons in general, but especially the In Bruges tier. Uh, you can take the first half this time since I've been doing that recently, yes, Sunderman. I shall. We've got Shakar, Boyko Ustav Kumutro, Fab Daddy, The Mega Pope, Finished Rhythm of War Yet, TI in New Zealand. I have not. Zan Xavier. Sunsven Pudge Omegalol, Nate Thicko 01 Hamscroats, the brother to the great OG Jesticles Hamscroats. Bacon, no, not that bacon, the other bacon. 2021 is the year where John Wall becomes the first man in Mars, and Westbrook becomes the first gay prime minister of Canada. Dude, that would actually be incredible. I don't even understand. I actually do not understand that one at all, but go ahead. No. Lick, Shark TM, freshly seasoned goat balls, change will happen. Also, thank you to the Ben Jackson and Ben Broomhead Alliance, Novi Panda, my boy, also my boy Dop, 
Polish title of In Bruges translates to First Shoot, Then Explore. Fain underscore man. We give permission to the Ben Alliance to raise podcast awareness by invading and occupying neighboring nations and villages. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, Suns Fan You Should Really Read, uh, sorry, I didn't say really, Suns Fan You Should Read the Wheel of Time <laughs> series, and Ronnie Keel. Yeah, I've had a couple people tell me I should read that series. I, I will get back to you. Once I talk to Brax, who knows what I like, he will tell me whether I should read it or not. He has given me all the gems thus far. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, last week we announced that for our outline, which of course the top two tiers can see live and throughout the entire week as we prepare it, and by we I mean me, uh, we enabled comments, and I'm happy to say that zero people took advantage of posting comments in our outline from the top nice. two tiers of patients. So thank you for, ter- job, for participating. For not it. We'll try it for another week and see if anybody posts anything. So great. Okay, nothing uh, wrong if they don't ruin it. That's cool. That's, if they don't want to use it, that's fine. I just think most people didn't know that I added it, but we'll Probably. see. Uh, okay, NBA segment. Cinderin. I was going to do the Eastern Conference uh, predictions, but that's going to have to wait till next week because we got some juicy shit to talk about. One is a huge trade between two untradeable contracts. Russell Westbrook from Houston has been traded wait, to the Wizards. Wait, you can't just do it. That's illegal. To the Wizards for... Also giant contract, John Wall, who's been injured the last two years. In his prime, he was, I mean, he's still relatively young, I guess, but in his prime, he was really good, but he tore his Achilles. I think he tore it in the bathroom, taking a shower, which we'll see. I don't know if that's actually true or not. He was injured about like some other big injury, and then he got injured again while he was injured, but it's an Achilles injury, which is literally the worst injury you can have in the NBA. It's one okay, that a lot of people never come back injure your Achilles heel? Not taking a shower. He must have been having like a gangbang or something like that in the shower. I, I can't think of any other scenario that makes sense, personally. I can't visualize how that happens, actually. I don't either. But anyway, that's a big trade, and I don't know <laughs> if... Uh, I mean, it sounds actually okay for each team if, it, if the players are healthy, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. All right, I have a rant. I haven't done a Sunset oh, rant no. in a while. This one... Uh, cuts pretty deep. So as we all know, the NBA season is starting soon. I know everybody's really excited about that. I usually watch... I cut, I'm cut. i a cord cutter, Cinder. I don't have cable TV. I haven't had it for quite a while. I've been using YouTube TV for the past few years, which has, of course, access to Suns games. Uh, I literally only buy that YouTube TV to watch Suns games. I use it for almost nothing else. One channel. If I could subscribe to that one channel, which is Fox Sports Arizona... I would do it. The problem now, Cinderin, is that Sinclair, the company in charge of a bunch of channels, including Oh, Sinclair. Fox I've Sports, heard a lot of good stuff about Sinclair. Yeah, we're going to go ham on them tonight. Mm. Uh, they have deleted, they've not allowed their channel to be used on YouTube TV or Hulu TV. So essentially, my options are, and I'll give it to you. You tell me which one you think is the best, okay? Mm-hmm. Option number one is to use a service called AT&T Now. Which has Ooh, a two- that has AT&T in it. That can't be good either. Yeah, AT&T, of course, uh, terrible company, historically at least. Their app has a two-star rating. Nothing but complaints about how nothing works. Not so that's option Not number one. That's like 80 bucks a month. Okay, I was paying like 60 for YouTube. Okay. Option number two, Cox Cable, which I used to have. It actually is oh, really... It's the best we quality... We last week, right? 
the best quality you can get. I can actually get like legit high definition, but it will literally cost me a hundred and forty dollars a month to get for, Cox for cable exactly? for basic cable. Hundred and forty. What, what does that include? It includes like a hundred channels or something like that. A hundred and forty dollars okay. a month to get that shit because I have internet with them and they've already applied like this huge bundle uh like discount or whatever it's anyway that's literally my only option 140 dollars. that's that's option number two option number three which is what i'm going with is to get nba league pass but of course the issue with league pass cinderin is because i live in phoenix the suns games are blacked out because it's america and the whole system is fucked up beyond belief so what i have to do is thankfully i have express vpn this is not sponsored by them but i literally will use express vpn to watch Suns games on NBA League Pass. I have to enable on my TV, my computer, my phone to watch <laughs> to local in another Phoenix, state to watch not only another state, because when there's a nationally televised game, which the Suns have nine of in the first half of the season, I actually have to be from out of country to watch the fucking games. So I have to be from fucking Mexico or Canada. Actually, not Canada, because Toronto's in Canada. Literally anywhere, but... Canada and the United States. Like, how fucked up is this system that I can't watch the goddamn Suns for less than $130 a month? Fucking stupid idiots running this country, I tell you. Jesus Christ. Horrible, horrible system. Are they stupid or are they milking you for every dollar you have? That's not stupid. That's just being an asshole. Right? Now, I could go the They're illegal assholes. route and watch NBA stream. Like, there's a bunch of streaming shit that's god-awful quality. You have to put up with bunch of ads popping up i just want to officially watch the team that i want to support i only want one channel like how, how can this be so other legal route there is another option you have not considered there's a fourth one the other okay. legal route yeah which is you go to jail and in jail they have cable then it's free okay so let's get started with the episode i really appreciate that suggestion cinder um Okay, so first things first, the Dota, this is the, <laughs> sadly, this was the biggest news of the week in the Dota scene. Dota Plus came out with an update, the Winter 2020 Edition Cinderin. There is a new Grandmaster tier that unlocks level 30, which we can talk about in just a second. It gives you voice lines for heroes and obviously the extra five levels on top of that, making you extra juicy. I personally don't have a level 25 hero. Do you? Nope. What do you think about them? So if somebody had already maxed out their level 25, they didn't actually get experience as they played more games. Do you think that's the Mm -hmm. correct move? Or would you have liked them to to retroactively get that experience? Oh. uh, I think the cool way about doing it like this is that it kind of becomes like a race to the top, right? Some people really care about being the first Grandmaster on their hero. So Mm. it's it's like when you release a new ladder system for a game. I think that's kind of fun that it... It's not really about being the best. It's about playing the most and winning the most games and being most efficient with your quests, which is a mini game in itself to min-max that if you want. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. And then when you're level 30, you start getting shards for wins, right? Instead of nothing. So being max level will have more meaning as well. I don't know how long the road is from 25 to 30. If it keeps scaling like it did from 20 to 25, then getting I'm level sure. 30 takes it pretty damn scales. long. Yeah, it does. Um, if it's not linear between each level. Um, there was a lot of complaints about the voice lines not being great. So my question to you is, right. first, what do you think? Like, I know you and I don't really care about that. I don't spam the chat well personally. But a lot of people clamoring for 
the ability to just choose whatever voice line you want, which yes. I think is great. Why not? Yeah, the voice lines are already in the game. It's not like you can be offensive. It's not like you're creating your own, like farting into the mic or something using custom voice lines, right? That would be great, by the way, but I know we're not getting to that point. There but are yeah, why not choose your voice own voice lines line? that have profanities in them, right? Okay, so disable the ones but that then do. Then you've earned those. I mean, they're in the game. You're right. They're in the game. And then you can use those, right? I mean, yeah. And if they don't like the idea of that, then disable those select few and yeah. leave everything else. I agree. I think Grandmaster Tier should be able to choose their own voice line or maybe even two different ones. I think that would be a great Like, can you think... Of, you're really good at thinking like Valve because you're a literal robot. So I'm going to ask you, mm -hmm. what is the reason... Like, assuming that they already thought about this, what is the reason right. not to be able to choose your own voice line? Because I can genuinely not think of one. I mean, I think the thing I just said, right? That if there's some voice lines that are meant to be rare and really situational in the game, and then you give people access to use them all the time, that they don't fulfill the purpose that they were meant to. That's the only thing I can think of. Pro more than likely, that's not the reason. More than likely, the reason is that it's more effort. I but like I don't it's... even know if it is. Instead of handpicking one per hero, they can just be like, from directory, select one. Instead My... of them having to like justify for every single hero, this is the one that should be the highest because it's the coolest or rare or whatever. It might actually have been more effort than just let people choose themselves. Eh, I think it would be more effort so. because you'd have to create the system in which to actually let them choose. It's not that much effort, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, you, but... you need to program it and you need to make the visual UI for it. I think so it's I do more... Think that's more but... It's more but likely... Once you have it, <laughs> then you have it, right? Right. Well, then, if you choose one, can you choose a new one again or are you locked in forever that's another question but uh i think it's more likely that they just didn't think of it and now that people are clamoring for it, they probably just i would assume put that in at some point uh, Maybe, it's, yeah. it's a win-win i feel like uh, but in addition yep. to that the dota plus got updated uh, a seasonal treasure which i literally forgot to make a video on because it's just a bunch of rare like rare as in the, of the second sets are lowest pretty good, actually are they okay yeah there's a couple of them that look good for sure that's great to hear, Sindarin. Uh, I again, I like the way that they were doing it before, where they had like particles and cooler-looking sets available for you to purchase for a decent amount of shards. But these are ten thousand shards each, and it's random which one you get, of course. And I think to buy the whole thing, you need like a hundred and ten, or I can't remember how many sets are actually in the chest. But uh, yeah, not. I don't think it's anything. I don't think anybody. Nobody hated... I mean, what's the best way to put this? Nobody was excited about this at all, but I don't know if I really saw many complaints either. I think more people were complaining about the sound, uh, voice right. lines or whatever. I mean, I think the treasure is decent. Uh, I think the courier is fun. Um, so, again, we're still back to the situation that we've talked about with, with what do you do for Dota Plus to make a splash? Like, what what's the wow thing that they can do where we go, holy shit, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we came up with anything last time we talked about it. I don't. I don't recall. Yeah, we did. What, we, what like, was our suggestion? Announcer packs, and I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. The hero band. I mean, stuff they've done for b battle pass before that they can kind of sprinkle right. in. Right. Okay, literally, true. Be they can start creeps. porting over stuff that they've already done. But we couldn't imagine something new, right? We could imagine taking things from battle passes. I can't remember. I. Pr I they've they've so. exhausted most of the stuff that you can do. That is true. Uh, yeah. Oh, we talk about terrain. I think terrain is definitely one that they can revisit. Right. They could do that. They That's could do Dota one. Plus terrain. 
it's just again that's one of all of the things you suggested would not make me go wow that's crazy or that's amazing i think it would for some people but having a custom terrain or having custom banners or whatever is not really like i would be looking for some sort of new functionality or some sort of new system and i just i don't know what that would be yeah people with dota plus can recycle that would be a wow thing Recycle. That's not a new system. Recycle items for... For what, uh, though? Shards? Recycle items for something. Like, whether it's for a chest or, you know, whatever it, it would be. If okay. you remember the old recycling where you got those, like, little charms that say you can always recycle it, and then mm. they, you just can't recycle it anymore. Or some sort of uh, item quality upgrade system where you can reroll items me... just like you can in the dire type chest. You could do that with... Some sort of implementation of maybe all sets or Dota Plus specific sets, something like that. Give that me snowballs, Cinderin. I want to throw more snowballs and coal at people. Oh yeah, I'm it's sure we're going to get that. We'll get consumables close to Christmas. I think this next patch will have exactly that. Really, that's uh, going to be the whole patch. All right, guys, yeah, we just came out it. with uh, snowballs for you to throw. That's the big update. <laughs> See you next year. Uh, that would be the, the biggest new troll hero. ever. There's the new hero, and it throws snowballs. And that's it. There's nothing else. No patch. <laughs> no balance. Just, here you go, guys. We've been working hard. Here's, here's Freya. Penguin Commandos. We took this from a mod, by the way. Okay. Oh, so yeah. The other thing uh, that was updated, don't really talk about it much, is the seasonal quests and guild rewards have been refreshed, and they put a bunch of new emotes in and whatnot. So yep. it's good that they're updating this, whether it's worth a purchase for the casual versus a more seasoned person. It just depends on what your priorities are. I would say, I th I think, and you and I agree on a lot of this, I think a good portion of the stuff that is in-game, like while you're playing, that comes with Dota Plus, I think should be in the game normally. I don't, I, I don't like the idea that it's behind a paywall, personally. Mm -hmm. Especially the stuff like, that's quality of life, like stack timers, breakdown, damage stack breakdown. Timers, yeah. yeah. So that I'm not happy with, and I think they can do a, such a better job with cosmetics. But again, it, it comes down to like when they come out with these big patches or with these big seasonal things or with TI Battle Pass, you don't want to have too many crazy com cosmetics come out before then because then it, like with right. each crazy thing that comes out, it makes that grit that next immortal returns. even worse by comparison. Yeah. Yep. So. That is the big update for this last week from Dota. Uh, are we, the, the next patch, they said mid-December, so I'm assuming next week. Yeah, I would... The week after doesn't make sense. That's too close to my Christmas. My careful guess like. is December 17th. That would be my careful guess. What day of the week is that? Thursday. I think it's going to come out on Thursday. Huh? That's usually when they drop patches, right? It's Thursday. Okay. And that is the closest one to mid-December. What's and the... people will be like, oh my god, it's the 15th, it's mid-December, when's it coming? And then you'll be like, well, every time Valve says mid, it's like mid-rounded up. Mm. So it fits really well. Okay. Uh, let's next talk about Epic League, which we've been casting a bit of. Uh, oh, I'm seeing it. Hang on, actually. I'm seeing in chat, uh, Arches is pointing out that December 17th is Dota Pit. So if they don't want to drop it, I don't know. Like, if they want to coordinate it with tournaments right now, I don't know when they can even stop that. Well, Epic League, 
according to this, ends on the 13th. Is that accurate? Which is Sunday. That is probably right. And so that gives Dota, them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to come out with the patch. If Dota they don't want to. Dota runs from December 3rd to 12th. Wait, that can't be right. That's probably the group stage or something. Uh, hang on. I mean, either way. We're expecting it next week. Whether it collides with another tournament or not, I think we'll have to make do. There's only so much you can do from Valve perspective. So, But let's speak of Epic League Division One Cinderman. The group stage has now completed. We cast a few series here and there. Uh, as I actually don't know what our, I don't think we're casting anything else, are we? Am I wrong on that? I, uh, I think no. we, we might have stuff in this week. Okay. Well, we haven't. There, there may be more games yet. later this week. Uh, I don't think anything's confirmed. But, uh, but yeah, we've been casting some games. Uh, as a as a final note on the Dota Pit thing, it looks like I found it now. It looks like it ends on the 18th, so that'll be the Friday. So it is also possible they drop the patch immediately after that if they don't want to collide with tournaments, which is very possible. Dropping a patch the day of the finals or the day before is probably not very popular, but we'll see. They've done it before. Dropping patches during tournaments. Um, yeah, Epic League. How far are we now in the whole lifespan of that tournament? It's such a long tournament. Um, yeah. Well, the group stage is now officially done after the yeah. tiebreakers were completed already. So, so now in we're in terms the playoffs of, and play-ins. I'm not going to lie, Cinder. I, I, was, I read about this and I've been told, like the production has told me what the meaning of the rankings does like what they do and i still don't fully understand i so there's 10 teams participating in the group stage i believe the bottom two get relegated delegate relegated right to yeah. the lower division which is alliance and mud golems five through eight i actually don't understand uh, i have to look it up again five uh, through eight went to a play in that's what happened with the tiebreaker slash play-in. Yeah. Okay. So the four the four play-in teams were OG, Liquid, Nigma, and Just Error, mm -hmm. which is the new Samael solo team, etc. And those four play-in teams played against the top four of Division Two for a spot back in Division One. Mm -hmm. And Nigma, Liquid, and OG won again, but Just Error lost zero two to Yellow Submarine. So Yellow Submarine are now in Division One. But they start in the lower bracket because they came from the play-in. So the current situation in the Division 1 is that the upper bracket is VP Secret and Vike GG Navi. And the lower bracket is Nigma Liquid and OG Yellow Submarine. So that's where it's going to start out. Okay. It is a bit confusing. I actually kind of like the dynamic, though, that it's like... <clears throat> that there is this... Um, it it I don't know feels if like the DPC, right? It feels like the new DPC kind of... Yeah, I, I don't know if failsafe is the right word for it or the if you get the idea, but it's more like if our seedings or if the people that are in divisions are not really accurate representations of how good the teams are, here are opportunities for the best teams to drop down or the weakest teams in the higher divisions to drop down and the best teams in the lower divisions to move up during the season. I think that's I think that's kind of cool. Like the clearly established top division one teams are safe. The ones in jeopardy are in the play-in and the one that ones that do the worst in division one are just flat out relegated i i think it's a i think it's a, a decent system to be honest i kind of like it i mean i think the way that it plays first of all the tournament overall is probably a little too long for most people's taste mm. uh, but the idea of like the, like i said the new dpc season where people get relegated i think that's really good it's very healthy for the scene to have new teams having a chance to you know upgrade and then if you're not playing well you get downgraded uh 
the thing that makes the season long is the 10 team round robin right yeah that's what makes it long the, these relegation matches it's actually really intensive and fast the play-ins were super fast mm -hmm. and then the yeah obviously the teams that got relegated are just relegated so if you wanted to cut down tournament time you could change this round robin from being 10 teams playing each other in every game to some sort of swiss or um two groups of five instead of one group of 10 and then the bottom team from each group is knocked out you know then so, you need to do better seeding on groups but then you save that time if you want to so There's looking at the bracket uh we can give our general predictions if you want so in the upper bracket right now vp versus team secret will be a matchup and then Viking versus Navi. Viking was first for most of the group stage, but ended up second behind VP. Uh, and then in the lower bracket is Nigma versus Liquid. So this is obviously if they lose, they're out kind of deal. And OG versus Yellow Submarine. So based on what you've seen, both in our casting and just the general tournament as a whole, do you feel yeah. like VP or Viking or any of these like top four teams from the group stage, are they just clearly better than the rest? Or is it pretty competitive from what you've seen based on what we've seen i think vp is the favorite to win the whole thing but there's a lot of you know adjustments that can be made the teams are gonna be learning and catching up i don't think vp will widen the gap they have to other teams if anything it goes the other way that other teams catch up so secret lost to them in one of their later matches now they're playing them again so they have some maybe some better prepared strategies to face this team um so in that series, I still think VP is the favorite, but I, it's not like by a lot. It's not surprising if Secret wins. Uh, Viking versus Navi, I think Navi has probably had better momentum lately. So maybe them, but again, it's close. Uh, Viking GG are always... It's hard to predict, right? It's amazing that they're doing this well, but I don't know if they're consistently going to be doing this well as they have in this group stage. Enigma mm. Liquid, don't know, honestly... Another that one's close series. Probably really close. Yeah. Yeah. It's so so hard to say. Uh, track record wise, Nigma usually wins against Liquid, but Liquid have been proved a lot. So could go either way. And then OG Yellow Submarine. I think OG are favorites, but Yellow Submarine have looked they have looked really good. They've looked like the best tier two team. So there's a reason they're here. Um OG has looked just quite era, shaky so. as well. Yeah. Been very so anything can happen there as well. Off. OG has been doing pretty poorly lately, toward the end of the group stage. So, so so your choice is VP, though, your prediction. If I have to pick a pick. winner of the tournament, I think I pick VP right now. Yeah. Okay. I am going to say uh, that even though they've looked pretty meh at times in this tournament, even the last month, I think it's one last hurrah on this patch, Cinder. Secret will win. <laughs> even if they go to the lower bracket after the first round, they will win out. This will be the last tournament they win on this patch, and then they'll finally, you know, can safely say they're the best patch. team yeah they can try to start winning that's that's <laughs> the thing that i love about these huge patches when they first arrive is not only just uh you know reading about them and what's the right word i guess uh theory crafting what could be strong but seeing it in competitive environment especially when it's super new is the yeah. most fascinating time for me during a patch because not knowing what's going to happen makes it so much more fun as opposed to now where like as a as an analyst for you you can pretty much predict 90 percent of what's kind of happening or what's going to happen based on the trends of the past so yeah it's easily the most exciting time of the patch so dota pit could be that tournament we'll have to wait and see uh but yeah by the time we talk again next week uh, this tournament will be over
Yep. So good luck to everybody. It'd be really cool to see a lower bracket team come out team come out as well, especially Yellow Submarine. Just completely out of nowhere. Okay. That is literally all the Dota news that we have. So on to yep. Counter-Strike Global Offensive. A new update has come out. Operation Broken Fang Cinderman. A lot of new stuff. Uh by purchasing, I, I tried to distinguish. It was actually a little bit more difficult than I thought to find out what you get for free and not. You don't get that much for free. But if you get the pass, you get a detailed stats thing, which essentially gives you like stats on map performance that you have, weapon stats, heat maps. That one's really cool to see like trends of how many people or what percentage of shots that you hit at a certain area of a, of a human being, which again, this oh. is kind of... Dude, my heat maps just head... Head, head, head. The penis, mm -hmm. you mean, right? Yeah, I could see yes. that for sure. Shoot them in the dick with the off. It's still a one <laughs> shot. Uh, that's true. I guess the dick is that. Yeah, I guess that still is a kill. Um, so stuff like that feels similar to Dota Plus, where I feel like it should be inherently part of the game. But you know, I don't really play CS:GO much anymore, so or at all, I should say. You get to earn stars by finishing missions, which is again kind of similar to Dota Plus. You spend them on skins, weapons, and stickers. So this is where it really starts to deviate from Dota Plus uh, right. because the amount of stuff you can choose from and the quality of stuff you can choose from is astronomically different. This is like high-quality cosmetics. Uh, it came with a new fast-paced game mode called Broken Fang Premiere Mode. Hopefully I read that wrong, and that's not the actual name because that's the worst name of a mode I've ever heard. Also Isn't came with... Uh, new... Wasn't the new mode called Retakes? I thought that was okay. I, I did see that. I didn't think the mode was actually called retake, but I it could it's called be called retakes. So it's like this quick, like eight round something something. I didn't actually get to watch any of it, but essentially a new mode released for the game. Oh, it's two different um, modes. Wow. It's retake and the broken fang premiere mode. Okay. Well, either way. Also came with some new community maps, one of which looked, it's called Ancient. I actually did a little walk around on it. It, has the same texture and theme as Aztec, which is one of my favorite maps of all time. Although oh, I loved Aztec. See, Aztec, it was it was a terribly balanced map. It was not good for competitive play, but for pubbing, I found it to be oh, a lot of fun. Like it was I loved that map. For a while in like 1.6 and source, it just replaced Dust 2 for me as just this default, I just want to pub and not think about life kind of thing. Yeah. Um obviously I haven't seen any competitive games on it, so can't speak to the balance and whatnot, but Cool to see new maps, although I'm still waiting for Tuscan and Season and a lot of these really god-tier Counter-Strike maps to come out officially. I've seen some workshop maps that have come out that people haven't liked for whatever reason, but those are like the most balanced maps ever made in Counter-Strike history. And they keep remaking fucking maps like Nuke, which was always a garbage map. They remade Cobble, which was a terrible map, and then they remade it into something that people still thought was terrible. They keep remaking... <laughs> I'm going to go on another rant about fucking Counter-Strike Go because it made me so angry. They kept coming with maps that were horrible when they had perfectly good maps from Source and 1.6 that were actually like super competitively viable. The most balanced maps of all time, Season and Tuscan, which was a remake of Mill, that they're just ignoring. I don't understand it. But anyway, with this update, they also came out with a chat wheel, which very uh, very Dota-like, of course, and the entire pass will last until April 30th. So... What do you Again, get to keep after that? I assume all the skins you will get to keep. Skins and make... stickers. 
Um, that's true. The, and then, the chat wheel, I'm not sure if you keep. And then what about the detailed stats, like the weapon stats and heat maps and stuff? Since I that's a not. part of the package, yeah. then you probably need to get the next pass to get that again. I'm assuming they'll put that in every pass. Yeah, right. Probably. It just doesn't make sense to remove the functionality unless it's bad or broken so or something. It this it feels like it's a mix of Dota Plus with TI Battle Pass, right? Yeah. It's it's like That's a mixture. Very of accurate. Two. I think it's in between. So kind of cool to see, and obviously, you know, all the Valve games will. <laughs> I was going to say the Valve teams talk to each other, but we know that's not true. But they do take stats from each respective game to see what works, what doesn't. And it's it's just, I don't know, it's kind of cool to see a pass come out for you know another Valve game just so we can compare and contrast. Uh, like, Would you like if something like this came out for Dota like exactly like they did, or are you happy with the way they've been doing it? I'm just thinking how this resembles how AI is trained, you know? Like, that's the, true yeah the dota team has <laughs> trained in one way and now the csgo team has trained in another way and they're kind of because they've done enough iterations they're starting to reach the same endpoint uh, without communicating with each other just flat out just keep running simulations and right <laughs> they're they're finding out what the best the best way is to make this uh if something like this came out for dota i think it would be cool um like do you think it like, should come out instead of what we've had do you think it's better Hard to compare, obviously. I mean, we we obviously have our strong opinions about TI, right? Dwarfing everything. And I think something like this is what you get when you don't have an event that has to dwarf everything. Because CSGO doesn't need that. CSGO doesn't need that huge prize pool in one tournament. So they can spread out more cool stuff differently. Supposedly, the CSGO community has been complaining that they haven't had something like this forever. So I'm not saying they're spoiled. Um, but this kind of format and this uh, kind of way of releasing content I like more than the TI dump, if you want to call it, with like one moment a year that's just fucking crazy. TI I like dump. To have it, I like to have it more <laughs> spread out. Um, but that's easy for me to say because maybe CSGO has had even less than Dota has in the last mm. year. And in that case, then, I mean, is it better? Um, but the, the, the way this is presented and the idea behind it, I really like. Um, it's a, it, this is something we have been suggesting for Dota, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. You would like to have seasonal passes instead of just the TI Battle Pass. Yep. So this is what Dota could have. If, and we had that for a bit, that. like kind of, like not to this degree. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot more kinda. they could do. Like the, the major Battle Passes, I guess is what you're referring to, didn't really have the same magnitude as something like this, though. Yeah, for sure. So. So yeah, that is the new update. I mean, it's funny because Counter-Strike for the longest time now has felt like Dota has been, like Gabe is their father and Gabe is only giving attention to Dota and just ignoring Counter-Strike. And then since COVID, we have felt <laughs> like Counter-Strike where we're just ignored. And to this day, we still feel that because nothing of real substance has come out, right? We've had dire tide, like distractions, if you want to call it that. We haven't had this big To be like, fair though, dire tide is really well done. They deserve credit where it's due. I think Dire Tide was a really good release. The game mode, the sets, the implementation of chests, the way it works. I like it a lot. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but I think they did a good job on that, personally. Especially because they way surpassed expectations, right? People are just like, give Dire Tide, give Dire Tide. And if Valve would have released literally the first Dire Tide again, people would have like, fuck yeah, Dire Tide. And then yeah, they went true. above and beyond and did something else. So that's great. But overall, across the year... I think there should have been more done than just that, but at least it was a good band aid, right? Mm. 
think yeah. that's no, that's that's fair. true. Okay, from Valve to Riot, everybody's favorite Ooh. competition between Spicy. big companies, both ends of the spectrum. You know, so First Strike has completed, like we talked about last time around, uh, the official like championship series. I can't remember the name anymore. The championship tour that they're going to do is going to be starting next year. So this first strike term is kind of like the the regional championships, if you want to call it that, just as a test bed for all their like they had a new spectating system and stuff like that. So it was cool to see. I only watched NA. I haven't had time to go back, but I I know some like the five people that are interested in Valorant that are watching the EU division. I didn't get to watch any of these games, but I am shocked. The teams that won, the teams that got to the end, I'd never even heard of. So wow. Team Heretics beat G2, which is widely considered the top team, not only in EU, but in the entire Valorant game. And then on the other side of the bracket, Fun Plus Phoenix lost to SUMNFC. And again, Fun Plus Phoenix has been like the one slash two of Europe for a long time. And then, so Team Heretics ended up beating SUMNFC. I don't know. what the, How do you say that? Summon FC? I don't fucking know. I don't know either of these teams at all. But yeah, Team Heretics wins that. And then for NA, which I can speak to, uh, really cool production, the way they did it with the remote casters and whatnot. I thought it was really well done overall. Um, it had a 300,000 peak viewership. That's just for North America. So if you can compare that to you know, one region in Dota, it's roughly the same, I guess, for like EU for the biggest. But NA is, I don't think, the biggest. I think EU probably has bigger numbers. I haven't checked that, though. Anywho... Uh, 100 Thieves beat TSM 3-1, which is a really cool storyline because 100 Thieves... Uh, I don't know if you heard of a guy named Hiko Sindarin. I have, yeah. So Hiko, for those that don't know, is like this older guy. By older, I mean he's like 30. He's considered an old man Counter-Strike guy back from uh, Team Liquid days where he brought them to prominence as an NA team. Uh, so he got a team for 100 Thieves. It was him and four PUBG players made the first team and they were horrifically bad. They lost every turn with us, every game. Everybody was making fun of them. Then the organization is like, all right, Hiko, we, we'll kick these other four guys. You can build your own team. So he constructed a team of two other veteran Counter-Strike guys in Steel and um, Nitro. Nitro, thank you, who are like also captains of their time. So you have three like older guys that have a lot of experience. And then two younger guys in dicey and my goodness asuna was a fucking beast i don't think i've ever seen anybody destroy any team harder than he did in that grand finals but so they go from the literal worst team in na basically with a name to winning a tournament 3-1 against a very seasoned tsm team in very convincing fashion it was really exciting to watch and uh yeah good shit and here's the interesting thing i want to talk to you about so mm -hmm. we've talked about how you know, in Dota, the way that it works with like streaming games, right? Which for a while it was this gray area that some streamers took advantage of, and now it's more constricted or restricted, I should say. So, Riot allows certain streamers to stream the games as like a co-streamer. So you had streamers like Ninja and then <clears throat> Myth, who's like a quote-unquote coach for TSM. He had the highest viewership of anything, including the mainstream, actually, and yeah, he's just watching. Like it was actually a lot of fun to watch because he'd be watching them just screaming like he's uh, cheering them on. It's like it's really cool. I was thinking like if there was an NBA stream and I was mm -hmm. like screaming and watching the Suns, that would be. I feel like that would be fun to watch, and that's basically what he got to do. Obviously, right. they'd lost, but 
I think, what do you think of that idea for, for as like a co-streaming compatibility with Dota? Um, I don't think it works with Valve's approach because if you let specific people co-stream, then you're playing favorites, right? And that's what mm -hmm. they don't want to do. Uh, as an idea, I don't have a problem with it. Like if, like for example, tournament organizers are free to play favorites. If they want, they can say nobody can restream our games except you and you, and that's it. They're they're allowed to do that, right? They can just put well, ridiculous requirements. Technically, for... that's what they're doing because Riot is the tournament organizer in this case, right? Right. I'm I'm saying in Dota, right? Let's say in Dota, let let's say Epic League didn't want uh, third parties restreaming their tournament, but they could just make a deal with any of the big streamers that they would want to also stream their games. They could do that. That's kind of what Riot's doing here. But Valve would not enforce that on their tournaments, I think. So DPC and TI, I don't think they would ever do it like that. I think they would well, want that to be public domain. Technically, um, well, technically, they kind of do that already for TI. Like, if if I restream TI, the TI stream, they wouldn't take me down. Yeah. Right? But that's what I'm saying. The, the Valorant didn't allow anyone who wanted to co-stream, right? They let right. a few select ones do it. That's what You're I'm saying. You're saying that Valve just lets like whoever. That. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, agree. Valve would never pick like three people and be like, "You guys get to stream TI and nobody else does." They would never do that. Yeah, no agreed. way. Um, it's just it's an interesting because again, we're it is. I've been expanding my game knowledge, if you want to call it that, to not be in this Dota bubble completely. And it's just things like this are just so different than what I'm used to. And it's yeah. kind of a breath of fresh air. Whether it's good or not is, you know, another story entirely. But I think it makes it cool. a lot more sense from their ideologies and their games perspectives to do this than it does for Dota. I think Dota has kind of turned itself into this, how to say, it's so heavily rooted in the community that it's a community game in the way that... Uh, from a broadcasting perspective, right? That's why making broadcasting changes in this game is so hard because there's a lot of community resistance to mm. commercializing things a little bit more. Even if it's good for the game and good for the tournaments and good for bringing more tournaments to people, people are still very resistant to the idea of ads. They're still very resistant to the idea of organizers making a profit, streaming broadcast rights, all the stuff that in other games are just commonplace. So people don't really bat an eye at it. I bet there's not like loads of complaints in Valorant that Ninja and Myth got to stream this. People are probably just happy that Ninja and Myth got to stream it. Mm. Not that, oh my God, they picked these two. Why didn't they pick blah, blah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everyone is up in arms that George didn't get to stream it. Like, fucking George, man. He's the best. I hate George. Um, God. Yeah. Uh, good thing he didn't get to stream it then. Uh, mm. I did want to mention, though, I just looked a little bit more at this First Strike tournament. Something that I think Riot is doing that's super cool is obviously something Dota is trying to do as well, but probably a little bit limited in terms of player base. But this first strike tournament had, what's this? 11 regions. Yeah. So you just talked about NA in Europe. There was a CIS division, a Turkey division, a Korea, Japan, Asia Pacific, Oceania, Brazil, the rest of Latin America, and in a Middle Eastern tournament as well. So all of those had their own tournament here. Yep. That is cool. That they're trying to make it a global game. And Valve is kind of trying to do that with Dota, but they're a little bit more limited, right? Like some regions, the player base just isn't really there, it feels like. But you could argue you could do it anyway. Like technically, you could have a Japan tournament that is Valve run. And then, yeah, the level of play won't be that big, but that's a way of, that's a way of promoting your game in every region, right? Let every region get their time to shine, even if it's just locally. 
so I'm sure the Japan audience was excited to have these teams play. Yeah, I didn't mention the other regions because I'm not remotely familiar. I mean, I know the Japanese region and Korean division specifically, uh, a lot of hype around some of those teams. But like for Valve, they would have had to have done that, I feel like, when the game first came out. Because this is the first year that mm -hmm. Valorant's out, and they're trying to expose it to as many regions as possible. Obviously, they're backed by Tencent, so they want China to be a big right. front runner in that regard. Um, but Did China even have a tournament? I didn't mention China in that list, did I? Uh, that's true. China actually, didn't have one. They might have a separate one then. I don't know. I've actually never heard of a Chinese Valorant team. Now that I think about it, do they just? Okay, I I actually don't know. That's weird. They might have their own separate leagues and divisions that are not part of this. That are bigger. I feel like that I would have heard possible. about that though. That's huh. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, just the idea of expanding it to other regions at a very early stage is still not even a year since this game has come out. Uh, yeah. I feel like doing that now for Dota just wouldn't work. Like, it's too late for something like that, in my opinion. But it doesn't hurt. Like, we've seen a lot of great players come out of the Middle East, for example, but there's yeah. no real Middle Eastern regional tournaments that are big by any means, right? Nope. Uh, so I guess it wouldn't hurt. But yeah, so... That was the first strike tournament. Really cool to see what they're going to be doing in the future. Uh, this story is uh, <laughs> back I to mean, Nintendo. Let's just follow up on last week. Let's 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 hit Nintendo again. Let's go. So let's Nintendo. Go. Apparently, there was a split. So I didn't. <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Splatoon is a game. Apparently, there's tournaments for it, uh, and they were in solidarity with smash right i think they made some tweets saying save smash or whatever the hashtag is free and they smash. were about to have their finals i believe oh free melee sorry free melee, free melee. hashtag yeah. free melee they were about to have their finals or their big tournament and nintendo canceled them because they're supporting melee what are your thoughts on so i will yeah. say based on like last week we were shitting all over nintendo one thing i will say is the Smash community has had more drama in terms of like the sexual harassment stuff than like all games combined based on what's come out. It's despicable and disgusting. And again, I don't know how big the community is and how what percentage of that shit went down compared to what the player base or whatever talent-wise is. But mm -hmm. we do have to mention that that could have some bearing on why Nintendo is doing that. But the reason that we went so ham on Nintendo is because I feel like it wouldn't have mattered personally they just don't like yeah. the idea of esports, obviously, based on everything they've done the last decade plus. I, yeah, I mean, it's possible that all of that, uh, all of those stories and all of the drama revolving around that has an impact. But I honestly think it's mainly just Nintendo's extremely hard stance on copyright rights and not much else. Um, that would be my guess, but you never know. Yeah, so basically, like you said, uh, there's there's a tweet here. That's the one you linked in the in the outline for people that want to see it as well. It says that 30% of the top teams had names that support melee, and I can give you a, I can just handpick you a couple of of the teams. So in the standings, there's a there's a screenshot here. The there's a player called Militation, someone called free hashtag free melee two eleven, someone called hashtag free melee two hundred twenty seven. I don't know where they get their numbers from element free melee etc etc and then there's a lot of the names that also don't and then there's a guy whose name is a twitter link um which <laughs> i don't know what that status is i should have probably checked that but i need to write it out manually to see i can't copy paste it from that screenshot um but anyway yeah we'll just assume it's for support of melee 
Probably, yeah, right? So, I mean, what what can you really say? It's Nintendo tripling down at this point. They're like, they're just not going to budge. And... Which is really sad because I feel like, again, like, I'm, I don't play Nintendo games anymore. I'm not big into that whole scene. But I feel like if they embraced esports, they would have one of the coolest esports by far because it's so unique compared to anything else like in terms of their game collection right mm -hmm. it's like not even and their player base is totally different than most other games as well there's such a variety i feel like there's tons of young and old people that play it so it's, you it's know just sad really to me weird nintendo was one of the front runners of esports they're one of the reasons it got big originally for what like if you look back really far the nintendo world championships that this is many, many, many years ago. Okay. But there was like a triathlon event. I, I know this from a documentary on, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you actually watched I, something. I was not part of it. Yeah. I know it from a, from a documentary on, I was about to say Spotify. It's not what it's called Netflix, which is actually really good in my opinion. I think it has like very, yeah, another thing to recommend about, me. Great. About, uh, about, uh, game history, video game history for, it was in 1990. Yeah. Wow. And they had they had a tournament in the U.S. where it was it was kids playing. I think there were like age groups. So like usually when you play sports, right, you're divided into age groups. And they had age groups for these world championships with, I believe, the finals. You played some sort of a triathlon where it was about scoring as many points as possible. And there was Tetris, Super Mario, and some sort of racing game. I think where the three were the three. And then these players would like train and they That's would strategize really cool. how to maximize their maximize their points. And for the time, the prize pool of this was extremely high, I think. Like video games didn't really pay much. I don't remember if the winner got like twenty-five grand or something back in nineteen ninety. I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Like runner up unparalleled. Runner up got a thousand and first place in each category got ten thousand. This was 10K. in nineteen ninety. Okay. Holy yeah. shit. So we should say that they actually have had two more since then. 2015 and 2017 they've actually had oh, a they've couple had different them ones. That, that recently too, huh? Yeah, but I've, they don't I look as heard big. Of it. Like, maybe they failed and they were like, fuck esports, you know? <laughs> esports was a thing of 1990s. We're through. We're over it. So esports from what I can see from the most recent ones, they took place in eight Best Buy locations <laughs> across the USA. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That so is, original, uh, that sounds horrible. Jesus I think the Christ. original one from 1990 had like, they had American divisions as well where you like qualified from different states and then they flew out to some sort of grand finale that I think got broadcast on, I want to say MTV at the time or something. Um, and probably some other uh, TV networks as well back then, which would have been really big. Um, wow, that's really I cool. I wonder... The thing Nintendo nailed with that back then, supposedly, was that it's kind of it kind of legitimized way more playing those video games on the console, right? And making it <clears throat> some of the stuff that we just take for granted with esports right now, obviously, was way more of a stigma back then. But they kind of helped, I think, make playing video games competitively a thing that wasn't ridiculous or something that mm -hmm. was a possibility, right? Um, and I just wonder, because supposedly this was an insanely good promotion event for them, right? Like, this was something that Nintendo did specifically, at least in part, in order to compete with the other consoles, right? They have these world championships and they have this... I think Sega followed through at some point with their own tournaments or something. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just it's just surprising. Like, 
they they have definitely been there, right? Like Nintendo, at least Nintendo of America have done uh, tournaments like this. I think Nintendo of Japan has definitely as well uh, had tournaments of this sort. So, like, if you've dipped your feet into this and you've seen how it can mobilize your fan base and make something great, I just really wonder. Like, I wonder what's going on here. If it's different divisions of the company that have done these things and they haven't really communicated it properly or that the really highest ups didn't think it was worth the costs or they couldn't see the return on investment or that they feel like times have changed or that the people who are in charge of the copyright stuff shutting events down are just totally out of touch and there's other divisions of Nintendo that think yeah. esports are great but they just keep getting red flagged and they just don't get to go anywhere and I, do anything. I've talked to you uh, about CGS oh. before, right? I think I brought yeah. this up. So yeah, for yeah. those that don't, just to quickly reiterate, uh, CGS was this tournament in the early 2000s, was uh, sponsored by DirecTV. It was like the first big non-endemic company coming into the esports realm. It was a big disaster overall, but it was really huge for its time. And what it did was combine, basically it was a franchise league where uh, you have X amount of uh, teams that draft players for specific games. Uh, and it was similar to what you're talking about, the Nintendo World Championships, where you have a bunch of games like Counter-Strike was the big headliner. You had FIFA, Dead or Alive, just a bunch of random-ass games. You would draft players, mm -hmm. and you have a point system. And each week, you'd play a different team, and the players would play each other, and you'd have a different point system, and you'd add it up, and whoever won won. Imagine that idea, but instead of random-ass games, it's all different Nintendo games. Like, how would that not yeah. be, like, the biggest fucking eSport ever? Honestly, that would be huge. Yep. Like, there's no way that's not a good I idea. I don't understand. I, I, I just, I don't get it. Okay. But the people that make these decisions and are in power might not get the idea. They might not care. They might think it's bad. And maybe we're overrating it. I just, Nintendo has such an insanely huge fucking fan base on their games. Like, how could you not in some way incorporate this into your business strategy where it's profitable? I, I just, I don't know. Sounds like some old guy know. needs to step down and let let the youngsters take over. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it seems like common sense know. to me, but who knows? Okay, next thing on the list. Like, these next two topics uh, are super wait. quick. Yes. One second. I just wanted to say, now that we talked about this, uh, someone in chat pointed out the show is called High Score, if you want to watch it, uh, for everybody oh, watching the clip. The and Netflix for you. show. Yeah, I would recommend it. Cinder recommends High Score. Thanks, Cinder. <clears throat> really appreciate it. Uh, next thing on the list... We I don't even know why I put this on here now that I think about it. OBS, which is what streamers use to stream stuff, has now come out with a new feature. Very interesting. Where it allows you to use a separate audio track for the Twitch VOD. So essentially allows you to stream music like you normally would, but the VODs would not have the music in it, which thus would eliminate all, well, most of the DMCAing. I don't know how clips would work for that, though. That's the one question I have. And number two, apparently, uh, all these companies that are, are the, is it RAAA? I can't remember what company is in charge of all the DMCAs, but they're working and apparently very close to having a very uh, in-depth DMCAing where you can do it live. So this might not matter long term. But right. would this be something that you're going to try doing for a bit? I don't know. I'm also seeing in the chat that the VOD doesn't have game sounds if you use this. So... I don't know. I feel like it's hard for it to... I don't really? know why, though. I don't know why that would be the case. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just thinking, like, if, if this is a, some sort of separate audio channel that it's streaming out, that does so, not get... So, 
I think if you use like virtual audio cable, which I feel like most big streamers use something like that, mm -hmm. there's probably a way to make sure that it's on a specific, only that one thing, which is the music, right. comes in on one specific channel. Of course, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know whether that actually works, but I assume it would. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that we're seeing people I try to come back I would imagine if this is something that the DMCAers are really serious about, this is just a temporary thing that will eventually get defeated by live reviews, right? Yeah. So the long-term strategy is to develop a playlist with music that you enjoy and that you think your audience will like from artists that have greenlit it. I still right. think that is the that is long-term solution. It's cool if you can do this for now. I don't think this is going to stay safe, quote unquote. I don't even know if it is now into the new year. I think eventually it's going to struggle. But. Okay. And last topic before we get to the mailbag, YouTube came out with a blog post talking about how they, some of the updates they're coming out with, one of which is just having better automation on like comments to eliminate toxicity. And one of the big ones that was very interesting that I found, when a user makes a comment that throws up some sort of red flag, whether it being like toxic or something. I'm sure they have like different filters and whatnot. Mm. Before they post it, they actually get a dialogue box. And I'm going to read exactly what it says. The dialogue box will say, keep comments respectful. If you're not sure whether your comment is appropriate, review our community guidelines. Did we make a mistake? Post anyway or edit. So it gives you, the way that they described it is it gives users time to reflect on their comments. Do you think this will make any difference yes really okay i actually do i think a lot of the times when people i don't know have you have you seen this on streamers like of dota for example they write a comment they write something in chat and then they stop themselves yeah like you start writing you fucking idiot and then you don't yeah. then you delete it and press enter right yeah. like every step of the way that you get to have like a step of conscience stopping you from tilting or whatever mm -hmm can make a difference. Like, I'm not saying I want this in Dota. I don't. I don't want to have to <laughs> think twice before I press chat every time that it's going to be like, hey, are you sure you would like to talk to your team today? I'm like, yes, I'm sure I want to talk to my team. Um, but, like, I, I think I think this might be... You sound like you think this doesn't make any difference. Uh, I don't understand right. why, but I think you're underestimating a little bit how... For some people, this will do literally nothing. Like, some people don't give a shit. But there's a sub-segment of people where if pointed out that what they do might be crossing a line and might be hurtful to others, they might revise it, right? And a lot of the times, I honestly think when I read YouTube comments, I think a lot of the times people watch two minutes of the video and then they just write some shit and fuck off, right? And right. this this can be, or discussions okay. between people where they just like, they just, what's the word? I, I feel they, like They this, don't think about it very much what they're doing. I feel like this is all about scale. Like when you say right. it, you will have an impact. What percentage are you saying? Oof. Okay, so percentage of what? Percentage. Let's say people we think write toxic shit that should not be posted. How many of those will stop doing it because of this is what you mean? Yes. Oh, dude, I have no idea. That's like impossible oh. to answer. I think well, a two-digit percent. So 10%. 10% or so more. That that's such a wide range. Come on, you got to narrow it down. Yeah, a bit. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> like, no, how am I supposed like, to answer. I have no data. You you have a built-in criteria in your head about what is you okay, think is 20%. a big impact. Let's Twen say you think twenty percent of comments will not occur because of this? No, of these I toxic think 20 comments. Twenty percent of comments that were going to be posted will be edited in some capacity. I think that's very high. I think it will be less than ten percent for sure. Uh, but. 
I would love to be I think wrong. A lot of obviously. people will misclick. So here's the thing: you need to look at the UI as well. <laughs> this is not irrelevant. There is a reason the UI is like so this. Stupid. There's a blue edit button, and the post anyway button has no framing. So the default thing to click is edit. That's and true. And once people are in there, they've I, already made that step. We're it, not. It might sound stupid. It fucking matters. Believe no, no, me, it, it matters. I I agree that matters, matters, and that's why I'm not taking that into account because that's a stupid reason to boost your fucking percentage that you have in your brain. They're not actually editing it. They're hitting edit by accident. We can talk about that as a separate percentage. I think more people would hit edit by accident than those that will actually edit their comments on purpose. I will say that now easily. Correct. Absolutely. I agree with that. <laughs> okay. I well, agree. That brings us to the end. Let's go over a couple Patreon mailbag questions that we have this week. Uh, first question is from Nutty Pizza. He says, he or she says, you win 10K on a scratch of lottery ticket but have to spend it all on a holiday gift for your significant other, what are you getting them? So they get a holiday and I don't? You have to spend all your money on your significant other. A holiday gift. $10,000. But I don't get to go. Like, do, can I come along? Okay, you're, you're misreading what that means. Holiday gift means just like a Christmas gift. It okay, doesn't mean so you're not actually going, going on a holiday. holiday. Just any, okay, so it's just I mean, Christmas slash Hanukkah con included. Right. It's just it a could be saying, you sending them on a holiday so you can get rid of them for a while. That is an option, Cinder, <laughs> if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> $10,000. What do you got? Oh, holy shit. Because honestly, the obvious choice for me would be to go on a cruise again. We did that a couple of years ago, and it was fucking great. But I, if I cannot be a part fine. of it, I mean, that would still be a really big gift for her. <laughs> I, even if I'm still a part of it, like, think about yeah. it. No, Let's I, say we I... spend 10K on a cruise, then 5K is strictly her and 5K is me and the experience is shared. Like, that's a really big gift, right? Right. But I think if that's I fine. can't choose that, if it has to be something specifically only her and I get nothing, then... Oh, 10K, man. I don't know. Can I cop out with my answer? It's really what I would do. No, I think I, I feel like usually I would call I you would out. go on an amazing I, holiday together. I think, I think that's my, fine. My yes, you get to spend time with me, right? That's that's your holiday gift. I'm gifting you an I experience mean, with me. That's what you're saying. Yeah, basically. Okay, so for me, $10,000, this was actually... Uh, at first, it was difficult because I was thinking of just random stuff I could buy. But then I was like, there's actually only one answer. It's very easy for Nikki. It would be an orange cat named Monk, or not Monkey, named Mango. <laughs> an orange cat named Mango. Damn, a cat for 10K. Well, so the $10,000, it doesn't mean you have to spend it right away, right? You could get, you could whether you get it from a shelter oh, or whatever, it's not that expensive. But right. over the lifetime of a cat, you're, you're spending $10,000 on that thing at some point, That's I fair. feel like. So, so I would cat do the with long all haul. expenses included. <laughs> <laughs> all expenses paid for an orange cat named Mango, Cinderin. That's damn. We're gonna get our fourth cat. Easy peasy. Okay. Now she's gonna be disappointed she's not getting it. Uh yeah, that is true. She Second wants question. The cat. <laughs> well, your girlfriend wants a cruise, Cinder. Are you gonna take her? I think you yours wants the cat more. <laughs> yeah, probably. Second question and final question of today. Wooden aftertaste asks. Not sure, how to, not sure how to better frame this question. One thing that's been getting at me is that when there's a discussion around the in-game economy or chests in Dota 2, there's always a comparison to CSGO slash TF2. 
Just wondering your opinions on if it's fair to compare the two, one-to-one, relative to their chest, drop systems, and item economy in general. Yes, there are tier slash rarities on the items, but the $100 skin for your op doesn't do nearly as much as that $100 Monkey King Immortal or the knives versus the red slash gold immortals. Right. So the thing that I would say, first and foremost, and I'm sure you'll get more in the economic standpoint, I, I actually think that one of the reasons that a knife is so expensive is because you can use it literally every game. You will be using it every single game. As opposed to, let's say you buy a Monkey King. There's 100 plus heroes in the game. Are you going to pick Monkey yeah. King literally every time? No, probably no, not. Unless you're one of those guys. So that's, I think that is the biggest difference between Counter-Strike items and Dota. Is you can't you use them every the, You could compare the CSGO knife to the aura you get under your hero when you get that, uh, what's it called? Yeah, the sunken the emblem. emblems. The emblems, right? The emblems are really expensive because they're in right. every game under every hero and they're rare. But I think like the carrying element that makes the economy and makes the items expensive, rarity trumps everything. Mm. There could be a hideous set, absolutely hideous, but if it's mega rare, it will be valuable. Like Alpine Ursa is the perfect example of a set that is extremely rare because of its scarcity. Is it a good set by quality compared to everything now? No, it's not. It's Ursa and a cowboy hat. It's not <laughs> fucking amazing. But that item is really expensive because it's right. rare. Um, I don't really feel like... I don't know if that answers the question because, yeah, like, I, in these economies, I think the, the carrying element is not necessarily how much it changes the thing, but just how rare it is, how sought after it is. And then I think the third quality is then afterwards. How much does it do right um but yeah comparing the games and comparing their systems i don't think comparing it on the dollar is the way to do it either i think you should compare and think about the way that the economy is ran like is a chest-based system better is a market-based system better or is there some sort of medium between the two that is the best um because yeah i would definitely agree that the price ranges and what you get are completely different in the two games so it's more about how to say, almost a, like market ideology for what we think is best for the economy of the game. And that's why we're looking to other games because they do these things in different ways and there's something that can be inspiring. You can learn from it, both good and bad. Like, did TF2's chess system work well? How about CSGO's chess system? Uh, do we think that is good for Dota or not? Um, and, you know, mm. the, the thing you just said, I think that actually is kind of important for Dota chests to think about. Because in CSGO, if you open a chest in CS, you get either... So what are the components in a chest? You get a knife or another weapon. Do they ever have anything else? Do they have, like, gloves sometimes, I think? Is that I, a thing you can get in a chest nowadays? Which is also every game, right? Custom gloves are always visible. I don't know. Or... Um, I can't say I've ever seen one, so... I would say no, but, but I'm not let's sure. let's just narrow it down for simplicity. Let's say it's just weapons, which is the majority of chests anyway. So you yeah. get a knife or you get a weapon. Anything you get in that chest is obtainable in every game, right? Whatever skin it is, if it's a skin for a weapon for the UMP or whatever, then every time you have a UMP, you have this cosmetic. In Dota, a lot of the chests you open, there's very few players in this game that play every hero, right? So a lot of the chest stuff you open is kind of dead items for you. So if you can't sell them on, you kind of just opened a blank. Whereas in CSGO, maybe you don't use the UMP very often, but if there's a round you're going to use the UMP, then you have the set for it. So I think there's a little bit of a different value proposition in how often you use the less 
frequented items, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, from my perspective, it you can't really compare them one-to-one. -one. I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. But at the same time, you can compare value. So just as a random example, since I'm more familiar with Valorant at this point than Counter-Strike, mm -hmm. you buy an Arcana in Dota, $35. Let's just round it. Let's just say 40 bucks. 40 bucks yeah. for an Arcana. It changes one hero pretty drastically sometimes. Sometimes you get a mount, you get special effects, blah, blah, blah. One hero. Valorant, mm -hmm. you spend the same amount on, let's say, whatever the Arcana level is called. I forget the name of the rarity. You get a weapon of your choice. So let's say like AK-47 or the Vandal, if you will, mm -hmm. which changes the way... It's basically an Arcana. It changes the way the weapon looks drastically. It has effects. When you get kills, it has kill effects. When you reload, it has different animation. Except you're using that literally every game. So like from my perspective, like again, I'm not comparing the shops because the way they do the store, I don't like in Valorant at all. But mm -hmm. if you compare just that value... The value in Valorant is like far surpasses, in my opinion, because it's Arcana, Arcana. I find the same value in, in terms of like how high quality they are. But one I'm using every game. The other one is one hero out of 116 or whatever it is. Do you think Dota should explore that from a market perspective? The idea of the value of having something in every game to have like a chest with, say, a super rare voice line or a super rare cosmetic like the emblems that that is something they should strive more towards making like global items rather than hero specific or do you think for the game design it just makes more sense to keep it as it is i think it probably makes more sense to keep it the way it okay. is because i feel like there's just a lot of ramification for doing yeah, stuff like someone's that, saying couriers acer is saying uh, couriers right that's what yeah, Dota couriers has. i mean cursors just so from back in the day a lot of the time but I don't, I don't know if that's really a flaw with the game or the design of the items. I mean, you have cursors, I, I, terrain, it, you have a lot of stuff that's every game. Actually, that's a really, that is actually something that really happened, though. When everyone got individual couriers, the value of having a rare courier is so much lower. Yeah. Because people sure. use their own, so they don't look at yours. So having a cool courier doesn't stand out nearly as much as it used to. That used to be Dota's knife, actually. That's really true. And now that everyone has their own courier, eh. they don't even look in the base. They just buy items and send them out. Like, it, I never pay attention to what couriers are in the game. But when I had to share the courier with everyone else, I saw what courier we no, had. I, I agree. I wouldn't go to the so, point where it's, it's, a do, it's a CS knife, though. That seems way rarer than most of the couriers that we saw. No, it, it was more like my comparison. Not, not that it's, it's as a close one -to -one, as you can get. It was more the thing that this is the Dota global item that's there in every game that you will see every time. And mm -hmm. other people will see it because they are also using it. In CSGO, you will see the other guy's knife because sometimes oh, you die. And then you watch his perspective, right? Yep. So. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that brings us to the end of this very Dota non-heavy episode of We Say Things. Cinderin, have you seen In Bruges? No. Shannon. Yes. Have you seen Beforeners? I actually have. You piece of absolute shit. I've, I've have seen you? All, all the episodes have been watched. Damn. In Look at you. Literally less than a week now. And you have you not seen In Bruges. So you, you only did it so you could say this. No, you I was. Did you didn't you, really want to watch it. You gave me the synopsis. How have you not talked about it then? Because I was waiting for saving, this. You were saving it for the up? end. Okay. Of course. To make me look like an asshole. Okay. I'll well, everybody, it. everybody knows that you are one, but this is just to, you know, cement <laughs> it even further. So, Beforeners, it's only six episodes. So it's not like it's that right. much. Of, it's like watching two and a half in Bruges. You know, it's no big deal. Right. Um, I thought it was okay. 
It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It reminded me of, because it had a lot of the same actors. It's Norwegian, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of the same actors. And it just had the same feel as another show that I really like was called Ragnarok. Um, like, the concept is cool. Like, I can get behind the concept where, and this is not spoiler, this is just in the trailer, where people from the past are appearing in the present and kind of how the effect is on society and whatnot. There's just... If I go into detail, it'll be a little bit of spoiler, but what I'll say is mm-hmm. I, it, it feels like some things, even though that's unrealistic, I under, but I accept that going in, there's some things that have occurred that I'm just... Like, the one of the characters is a foreigner, as they call them, and she has adapted way quicker than I feel like... In, it's possible right. to adapt that for some reason that just really bothered me. But mm-hmm. overall, it's it's pretty decent. Uh, I don't regret watching it, not just because of this amazing outro and making it look like an idiot, but uh, <laughs> it was a solid show. It was solid. So thank you for that suggestion, sir. I really value your opinion. Uh, nice, good stuff. Okay, you know you know what's sad, Shannon? Yeah. I don't feel guilty at all. <laughs> well, we did say you're a robot earlier. So, uh, again, cementing that opinion even more. So. I Thank can you, really feel guilt. I don't feel guilt right now. I don't. Okay. I don't. Maybe it's just something about you. <laughs> I appreciate it's that. Not a, it's not me. It's you. That's what is always said to me. Yep. Anyway, thanks for watching, friends. Until next week, Sunsfan and Cinderin signing out. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.